0: There's no doubt that you know we have become uh, different professionals and I've become a different leader throughout the pandemic.
1: Hello and welcome to Meet the Leader, a podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. Today's leader, Thierry Delaporte. He's the chief executive officer at global information technology company Wipro, and he'll talk about starting remote as CEO during the pandemic and how that challenge shaped him as a leader. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please take a moment to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum, and this is Meet the Leader.
0: You will have to dig deep inside you to find the answers you need to continue. In
1: 2020, Thierry Delaporte planned to take a first ever sabbatical a well-earned break after more than 25 years in the information technology services sector, much of it in top roles. He even had a special sailing trip planned, one that would cross the ocean. It's about three weeks underwater,
0: and there's no escape and you have to go from point A to point B no matter what.
1: It was the type of challenge Thierry likes, one that's unpredictable and tests you the type you can plan for, but that you're never fully prepared for. He didn't end up taking that trip, but he was challenged. He began talks to take on the CEO role for information technology company Wipro, a company with more than 200,000 employees in 66 countries. And while exciting, he'd need to start during the pandemic in July, when COVID cycles of tragedies, unpredictability, and lockdowns had become the new normal and since quick Pro is headquartered in india travel restrictions meant he'd need to start remote in paris at the time of this interview with meet the leader 15 months into his time in the role he still hadn't met his entire leadership team in person that has since been rectified but only just this month he talked to meet the leader about that unusual experience of starting remote as ceo during the pandemic and how it drove him and his teams to value basics like connecting and communication. He also shared how sailing and the need to grapple with storms and uncertainties help prepare him and how it can strengthen the mettle of any leader. He'll talk about all of this, including what he did on his first day. But first, he'll dig into the challenge of starting remote as CEO during the pandemic.
0: You know, it was tough, Linda. You know, it's been one of the toughest professional challenge I faced in a long time, frankly. Yeah. But in being so, it's also been, I would say, very rewarding. You know, everything was being reframed during the initial few months of the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, I used to spend a lot of time on airplanes. Traveling was a means for me of staying connected to people. I was traveling between 200, 230 days in a year for the last uh, 10 years, maybe. But as I took charge of Wipro in July 2020, so as you said, about you know 15 months ago, I realized that sitting in my home office, I can meet with and I can connect with almost everyone in the business just as efficiently because everyone is in the same place. We're all squares on a screen. So that was the easy part. The difficult was the real connection. In the virtual world, while... You can get a lot of things done. You actually have to ask for it. There are very few, I would say, serendipitous moments, especially when you're meeting people for the first time or working with new colleagues, which was the case for me with 99% of my colleagues. Everyone was new to me. Until date, I've not been able to meet with most of my teams. But hopefully, hopefully, we can change that slowly as it becomes safer to travel again. Well,
2: what was your first day like? Um, it, 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 usually, probably your first day as a CEO, you're touring places, your lunches and things like yeah. that. But, but but what was your first day like? Absolutely. So, in fact,
0: I actually went to uh, our uh, Paris office. Okay, it was almost empty; very few people. It was time of lockdown in in France at the time. Uh, I went to the office and I. Um I connected with the you know my leadership team. I have, I had already engaged in, informally in the weeks before joining uh, but obviously that was the first time that I was connecting with the uh, uh, leadership team in in a common forum. Then what I did Linda is that I sent uh, 200 emails north of 200 emails to all our clients. Uh, ready to engage with them and literally I believe my first interaction with a client started on day one. The more I understand them the better we are able to respond to uh, their expectation. At uh, the first day I also engaged with the you know a woman forum of uh, Wipro just engaging with no special speech but really more connecting. You see Linda one thing that has guided me constantly, uh, over, you know, in in the first uh, weeks, and I think it continues to be true, is that while we are working on priorities and on tasks and on important topics and so on, engaging with people at the human level just is something that, you know, I've never stopped doing. And I believe I started on day one.
2: How are you different at the end of the 15 months compared to when you started? How have you changed as a leader? What's that before and after?
0: What I've learned during the period is that, you know, you need to accelerate and intensify and communicate always more. And quality of the communication is critical. It's not about, you know, the volume and the words you're using. It's about the flexibility and the transparency and the radical thinking. In 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 the way you are connecting with your employees, with your customers, as always, when you adapt to a situation you can't control, you are developing different ways and different channels. You're leveraging all sorts of you know opportunities to you know connect more with your colleagues or with your clients. So I would say at the end of the day, you know, there's no doubt that you know we have become. Uh, different professionals, and I've become a different leader uh, uh, throughout the pandemic. And you actually realize that as long as you're sincere and transparent and, and you know honest in your communication, you can get a lot of things across and you can receive a lot of feedback and, 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 and valuable information
2: in return. You were talking about how it's so important to be honest in your communications and just sort of be true to yourself. What is your sort of guiding light to make sure that you are being honest and being productive in in your communication, but it's uh, going through your mind when you're you're talking to people?
0: Oh, you know, I never lose sight of what we're trying to achieve. At the end of the day, we have the responsibility to carry, you know, the future and the destiny of a company and of 210,000 employees that are serving this company. And what drives me in every of these interactions is really to try to identify the, the, the right next decision to take, the right next course of action to engage, you know, whether it's the opportunity to uh, remove a bottleneck, whether it's an opportunity to unleash your potential, to give the direction or the comfort or the confidence that, you know, a colleague needs to go faster. And, and further. And so at the end of the day, for me, it's really about engaging deeply with uh, the people you're talking to, listening as much as you are trying to get your message across, uh, reflecting on what you're learning versus w- your perception and what you had in mind prior to the call, and really, you know, making a decision. And I believe that, you know, even leveraging you know technology and in a remote way, you really can get a lot of alignment, but also crack a lot of gaps or misunderstanding by expressing uh, your points of view and listening carefully. And constantly be transparent and honest about your perception, your feelings, and uh, your convictions.
1: Tell me about the priorities that you chose for that first year.
0: My first year was all about assessing what was working well in Wipro, what didn't, and then making informed but quick decisions about what needed to change. So in year one of my being the CEO, we restructured our business. We dramatically simplified our operating model. We reduced hierarchies. We brought on board... Uh, fresh thinking and experience in the form of new leadership from the market the uh, company had uh, grown over the years uh, and when you have 200 and over 200,000 people at that time uh, the level of complexity of the organization de facto uh, uh, is a reality right and so when I joined when I arrived at Wipro, I had, as many as 27 PLs rolling up at my level. A combination of business unit per geographies, per sectors, per business lines, following different operating models, sometimes results of acquisition, sometimes just a construct from you know from many many years in the past all these different organizations operating not some not necessarily in an organized fashion and really driving everyone its own set of priorities and its you know as if it was one single company isolated from the rest 27 different pnls means basically 27 units inside the organization with as many walls between those organizations Making it difficult for these teams to work together and give the best of you know the of Wipro to our clients. We've brought the number of this PNL from twenty-seven down to four. And we are making sure now that you know all these teams are more working together, focusing on the same objective. So the the objective of simplification has been implemented aggressively.
2: And what's the the benefit of that simplification as far as uh, the team's ability to get things done?
0: You know, if the model is simpler, if the operating model is simpler for every employee, it's less time trying to ad- to get to navigate through the system internally, it's more time for our clients as opposed to spending time trying to understand how many steps you need to accomplish to get something approved internally. The objective was to drive simplicity so that people have less to worry about the internal aspects of the business and spend more time with their clients every day working on their own priorities. Now you know with the processes in place, the people in place, it's it's actually it's time to re-energize our existing workforce into believing In our bold and confident future, our culture, our attitudes, our mindset, our pace and energy, everything must reflect that vision. In a way, I would say the business transformation you saw Wipro undergo last year has paved the way for our cultural transformation. And that's my big focus this year.
1: Before
2: joining Wipro, you had planned uh, to go on a six-month sabbatical and sail from Newport to Brittany. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about that about that sailing trip and why why you do these sort of long-term sailing trips?
0: <laughs> this is well, it's true indeed, Linda. I don't know how you 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 learned that, but I had promised to Isabel, my wife, that after twenty-five very intense years with no interruption in business. I would finally take a six month sabbatical on a transatlantic sailing trip. So we would indeed uh, sail, you know, on, uh, on a 50 foot uh, sailboat with a, a friend of mine from Newport, uh, US to, to Brittany, France. Unfortunately, um, the pandemic decided otherwise. The pandemic and then the opportunity to join Wipro. And so I think this trip will have to happen in some years from now.
2: What's the lure? What's the challenge that uh, attracts you?
0: I think when you are going for a trip like this to which you're not totally prepared, you know you're going to be challenged. You will have to d- dig deep inside you to, to find you know, the, the, the answers you need to continue. It's about three weeks on the water and there's no escape here on the water. And you have to go from point A to point B, no matter what. And I, I find it very, very much the type of challenge that I, you know, I want to, to have. I see a lot of similarities, by the way, between uh, a trip like this and the life as a leader in an organization.
2: Why don't we talk a little bit about that? I mean, of course, uh, sailing is all about sort of tackling challenges in the moment, reacting to the context that is presented to you um, and sort of helping to shape that. How has sailing shaped you as a leader and maybe even helped you in this past 15 months?
0: I always consider that sports is uh, a great way to reflect on, on many different aspects of leadership. But if I take the particular example of sailing, one you do not control everything. There are things that will come to you, like the weather, like you know, possible technical issues on the boat that you are were not expecting, and you're going to have to deal with it. Second is, there are times where you have to make decisions rapidly. You have to analyze the situation. You need to uh, stay calm and reflect on your different elements in your position and you have to make uh, rapid decisions. And I think you're learning a lot from that. It doesn't mean your decisions are always the right ones, but you have to make a decision and you have to live with it. And you have to be prepared to correct your decision if it wasn't the right one as well. (laughs) You know, in... In many ways, it's something that, you know, should guide us as leaders every day in the way we are running an organization and working with teams. But the second aspect of, you know, um, that where I would compare those, those two uh, worlds is if on the boat you're not alone, um, you know, working with a team is an incredible experience. You have to play with the qualities and the talents of everyone. You have to trust that people will make the right decision. And you have to assume and be ready to the fact that maybe we are not completely aligned on what's the next course of actions. And if so, how do we react to the situation? And it, it forces you to be very adaptable to, again, listen and trust and to uh, be constantly focusing on, you know, the the performance, the collective performance, as opposed to your own, you doing. I think it's it's very uh, comparable to business business life.
1: That was Thierry Delaporte. Before we go, don't forget, meet the leaders sister podcast, Radio Davos, helping you understand the biggest problems of our time. Find episodes of that and Meet the Leader at wef.ch slash podcasts. That's it for me. This episode of Meet the Leader was produced and presented by me with studio production by Gareth Nolan. My thanks go out to this week's guest, Thierry DeLaPorte, and to you for listening. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcasts. And for more extensive Q&As from our guests, go online to wef.ch slash podcasts and follow us online on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and on Twitter using the handle at WEF. That's it for now. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum. Have a great day.